Welcome to Dragon Talk. Hi. Hi. I'm Greg Tito. I'm Shelly Mazanova. These are our interviews from D&D Live 2019, The Descent. Shelly and I are taking off a few weeks from recording brand new interviews. But we're doing, well, well I say... are brand new. I say weeks off, but they're actually not weeks off because we'll actually, be working. Right. But uh, uh, we won't be in the studio as per norms making these things happen. Because we cranked out so much content at G&D Live. Right. It was amazing. So, uh, some of the stuff we announced, we are going to tell you all about in this interview with Anna Prosser. She's the, she's the one leading the interview, uh, speaking to Kate Welch, Jeremy Crawford, and Chris Perkins about what's going on with that new adventure. And uh, we will have that be our, you know, B segment area here now. And then we'll get to uh, editing to get, well, maybe we'll talk about that in the mid-tro, right? Probably. All right, well, let's do it. Okay. How are you doing? Did you are you recovered from D and D Live? I am. Let's pretend that we are. I didn't. I didn't have nearly as much on my plate as you did. I mean, I saw your plate. It was like heaped I mean, with. It was like beef, mashed potatoes, <laughs> beef, <laughs> beans. I abandoned my vegetarianism. Shelly destroyed the craft service table. Oh, it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Uh, as well as all the D&D swag that you were able to get. Oh, yeah. I saw you putting those soul coins on your eyes. Did you see me just taking everything? Just <laughs> running around set, just taking stuff? You basically weren't wearing a shirt. You would basically turn your shirt into a bag. <laughs> right. And you were just carrying everything with it. I was cosplaying as a thief. <laughs> but I got super into my role. Exactly. You're like, I, you're a method actor. I did nothing of the the sort. I was very respectful. This is all hearsay and storytelling. That's what we do. That's how rumors get started. It's very true. It was a magical event. Well We're, done, Tito. Well done. Well, thank you, and thank you for being uh, a big part of it. Well, like a part, I'd say. And uh, lifting lifting us up as it oh. all occurs. Dun, 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 dun. So, uh, in case you can't tell, we're recording this before the event has even happened. Why do you give away all of our trade secrets? Because <laughs> we're storytellers and we make stuff up all the time. But I am going to destroy craft services. Oh, this, this is true. I'm so excited. As well as, uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> let, uh, as, let us go with uh, you guys finding out about the new adventure from the mouths of the people who are making it. Yes. Uh, let's, let's, let's listen in. I'm your host, Anna Prosser. I'm thrilled to be here. This is the, the yearly gathering of all of us who love Dungeons & Dragons. We had so many good times last year. We're here to return this year. And of course, as you know, this is the time where we talk about all the exciting things that are coming up for Dungeons & Dragons. I have some amazing esteemed guests up here with me. And if you guys would just introduce yourselves to the people, starting with you, Chris. Absolutely. I'm Chris Perkins. I'm the principal narrative designer at Wizards of the Coast on Dungeons & Dragons. And my job title means that I get to work on all of the stories that drive our entertainment offerings. I'm Jeremy Crawford. I am the lead rules designer for Dungeons & Dragons, uh, which means I get to work on all of the rulesy bits that appear in all of our products. And I am Kate Welch. I am a game designer on Dungeons & Dragons, which means that I do sort of miniature versions of both of what they do. <laughs> <laughs> and we have big announcements coming up. Last year, Chris just blurted it out. <clears throat> So, like, I saw you just trying to do it just now. It's already out. Okay, well, Chris, tell the people what it is they can expect. 
of the story descent no, into what is a it? furnace? What is it? Tell them what it is. Okay, everything? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a trip to hell. Go to hell. It's, uh, it is it is D&D meets Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And... With uh, a bit of Dante's Inferno thrown in. With a bit of Dante's Inferno thrown in as well. It starts in the city of Baldur's Gate, which is a murder hobo's paradise. <laughs> it is, uh, if Waterdeep is Metropolis, then Baldur's Gate is Gotham. Okay. And lots of blood in the streets. And from there, uh, you are drawn into a sinister plot that has uh, grave consequences. And uh, you are drawn down into the depths of hell. I, I don't think I've ever seen a group of people be so excited when you're like, hey, we're going to hell. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. So tell me why. It's timely. I was going to say, is it timely? Like, why? <laughs> I mean, that was my first thought. Why are we going to hell? I mean, what was the thought? Where did this begin? Well, the alternative uh, is reality. So. Right. So we'd rather. <laughs> it's sad, but true. <laughs> well, as you know, we try to shake things up with every story. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make it very different from the one that comes before and the one comes after, thematically and in terms of location. But we've been teasing, since the core rulebooks launched, the Blood War and the Outer Plains. And we thought this would be, we've waited long enough, the time is to get off the material plane and visit somewhere, and hell seemed like a good place to start. <laughs> you can only go up from there, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, technically, <laughs> it's only the first level. So. Yeah, right. So, and, and even back when we were working on Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes, we knew that this adventure was ahead of us. So, uh, those of you who've read the book know that we have uh, quite a bit in that book about the Blood War, mm-hmm. and there's a good chance in Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus that you're going to witness the Blood War firsthand. Yes. That is, if people aren't familiar with the setup for the Blood War, what would you tell them? So the Blood War is this millennia-long war between devils and demons, our lawful evil fiends and our chaotic evil fiends, a classic example of evil feeding on itself. And in some ways, many people in the D&D multiverse are actually thankful for the Blood War because the fact that demons and devils are constantly fighting each other means they're often distracted enough to not be consuming the rest of reality. <laughs> and this takes place, we start in Baldur's Gate. You mentioned this is kind of the, the Gotham to the Waterdeep metropolis. So tell people about Baldur's Gate. What can they expect there if people haven't been familiar with that part of the lore? What is Baldur's Gate like? Oh, sure. Um, so Baldur's Gate, what, what we want to do when we revisited Baldur's Gate for this product was to not only flesh it out as a place, but also give it a little bit of a different flavor from what you're used to. Uh, Baldur's Gate ended up being a lot of people's introduction to Dungeons & Dragons well, through the video games and, and through things like Murder at Baldur's Gate. Um, so Baldur's Gate, we wanted to make sure this felt really gritty and, and a place that much like Avernus, you probably don't want to spend a lot of time in. Um, and so we have a chapter in Descent into Avernus that is all about, we call it the Gazetteer, and it's all about Baldur's Gate as a setting, what it's like to be there, what it's like to have adventures there, and also what it's like to be a character who's from Baldur's Gate. There are a bunch of different options for uh, creating a character who's a native of Baldur's Gate and how that might influence and, and manipulate your, uh, your character's backstory. I know you probably don't want to tell us too many details, but what are, can you give us a little taste of what some of the things you might want to think about as you're thinking about your character from Baldur's Gate? What are some of the things that people could start percolating? There are dark secrets that mm. your party can have as a group. Oh. 
So essentially everybody at the table buys into something terrible happened in your group's past, and that can set the stage for wacky antics in Baldur's oh. Gate going forward. <laughs> wacky antics? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I want, geez, one we have the, a dark secret. Yeah. Better get into some hijinks. Yeah. Uh, one of the fun things about Baldur's Gate is because it is kind of morally bankrupt, it caters to characters who uh, are a little bit more dark in nature, mm -hmm. and they can get away with it here. Okay. So you can get in good with the flaming fist that runs the city, and then you can go on murder sprees to help them out, and uh, that could be fun. Mm -hmm. Or not. <laughs> you don't have, or to, you don't have to be, be that guy. Or you could be good guys. You could be good guys. Against that. Yes, but there's, there's something happening in Baldur's Gate that sort of, it's sort of teases what's to come, sort of an infernal infiltration. Okay. We'll call it that. I don't want to spoil anything. Right. But you get a little tease of, of hell mm -hmm. before you decide, hey, this is, something really bad is about to happen. We can stop it, but to stop it, we have to go to the worst of all possible places. We have to go to Avernus. And Avernus, I think, is worth talking about. Yeah, tell us a bit about Avernus. Well, it is the front line of the Blood War. I, it, is, it is as the top layer of hell... It is where the demons and devils smash into each other. The most. And, and create just cataclysmic destruction. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, yeah. it is a, essentially a plane of wreckage. I mean, imagine, yeah. imagine a vast desert where you will see entire destroyed cities that have been partially phased in from other worlds in the D&D multiverse. You will see you know, vast desolation uh, covered with lakes of demonic ichor, uh, swarms of strange insects that come from infernal regions. It's a bad place. I imagine as a rules designer, that's a fun and interesting place to play where you're like, how do I make this on a massive scale, but then also make it something that people can use mathematically even? Can you tell us a little bit about what we might expect in terms of the structure of the game? Well, I don't, again, don't want to give away right. any of the story, but we do give you guidelines for uh, different mechanics in Avernus. Uh, we talk about how even resting there uh, is hard. Uh, mm -hmm. We talk about how death saving throws uh, may or may not work differently in hell. Oh, no! Uh, and, this, and, uh, and this weekend, uh, this audience might even have a chance to see that in play in some of our main stage games. Oh. Uh, we, I talked about those lakes of uh, demonic ichor. Well, bad things can happen to you if you get in contact with that ichor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but it does have its uses. Yes. yes. So uh, one of the things that had to be discussed was if you're going to base an adventure and a story in Avernus, there has to be more there than just demons and devils to give it texture and color. And, uh, and because it is kind of a battleground and... People often get drafted, mercenaries and others get drafted in, evil adventurers might be fighting there. We absolutely wanted to uh, flesh out some other denizens, including the warlords of Avernus, mm -hmm. which some of which we'll be introducing this weekend. What I mean by the warlords is there are creatures on Avernus that eke out a living um, kind of outside the eye of the demons and the devils that are prowling around, and uh, many of them have created gangs of marauders that... that uh, rove around Avernus looking for scrap metal and have these fleets of infernal war machines. Right. <laughs> and infernal war machines are fun toys that you can play with <laughs> on Avernus and actually help you get around. 
By, by fun toys, you mean massive death machines. Massive yes, death definitely. machines. And you can give them a little bit of boost by pouring some demonic ichor into them. Sure. They've, I think we've, uh, in Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which is a book you should all be familiar with, I think, um, we, <laughs> um, everyone should buy it. Um, but it's, in, in that book, we introduced some more advanced uh, vehicular rules when it comes to, to ship, uh, ship-to-ship combat, things like that. And in um, Descent into Avernus, we've also, we've sort of iterated on those vehicular rules to, um, to introduce some mechanics about infernal war machines and how you might, I don't know, live your Mad Max Fury Road dreams <laughs> and fantasies in Avernus. Yeah, tell me a little bit about this, like you said you could do things to kind of juice up your war machines. Mm-hmm. There may be warlords that are leading. Could I become a warlord? Are there things? Tell me a little bit more about this fantasy that I can live. You can <laughs> become a warlord. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm very in the book. excited. Just Anna. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. I didn't even know. I'm so excited. Tell me a little bit about, about that, though, like living this kind of, how do I live in that world, and what, what kind of things can I do to kind of build my, my team? Well, it, you, have, you have to be bold, mm-hmm. and you have to realize that you are in one of the worst places in the multiverse, and the people that you can draft into your group, unless they're your party members, are probably going to be pretty... Hopefully they stick around. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, be, but because there's so much uh, carnage and battle damage from crashed uh, demonic or diabolical citadels and stuff lying around, you can basically go around and scrape together the machine parts you need gotcha. to assemble your own vehicles and customize them accordingly. So there are some customization rules uh, in the book as well so that you can create custom vehicles that you can romp around on. There is a bit of a catch. There's a more... <laughs> yes. so I w- it's not all fun and games in hell. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Uh, one of the themes is the moral quandaries of being in this place, the things that you have to wrestle with if you're a good person mm-hmm. in hell. Mm-hmm. One of the things is uh, machines are powered by souls. Right. Not necessarily good souls. Most of them are evil souls. But how do you feel about that as a character? Mm-hmm. You know? So those souls are being consumed. Yeah. There's like a furnace in your infernal war machine that consumes the souls and powers it. There's mm-hmm. also the concept in Avernus of... Um, we, we, we talked about the dark secrets uh, yes. that can, um, can follow you into Avernus from Baldur's Gate. And the reason that becomes applicable in Avernus is because you uh, will be likely approached by devils who wish to strike a deal with you. This is a, this is a whole section, a new mechanics section that, that's in the book. Um, and so your dark secret might become, as you might be a, a, the most lawful good paladin in the world, if you have a dark secret and a devil knows about it, that can become a bargaining chip that will compromise your morality and health. Yeah. Temptation, bargains, these are, these are the stuff that devils long for. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you encounter them, chances are you can get out of a situation. And there are lots of very dangerous situations in this adventure. You can get out of them by striking a deal. Mm. But every deal you make is a chance that the devils will get what they most want which is, of course, your eternal your soul. soul. Your own soul. <laughs> yeah. So is it possible for a lawful good character to thrive in this setting? Oh, yeah, you'll have a blast. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, unapologetically murdering everybody. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important to note that this is hell, 
right? Like, yeah. no one's having a good time yeah. in hell. That's true. You're not supposed to, yeah. have, like, your character should probably feel like they're in hell. And yeah. the people that you encounter in hell, they're all designed to be, this is something that Chris kept mentioning as we were designing this book, like, what, what is this NPC's personal hell? What is it about Avernus that means hell to this character? So that's, that's going to be something that will be super fun to play with as a player. Like, not only do, do I know my character, what do they do, what are they about, where are they from, but what would make for a personal hell for them? Make sure you tell your DM so, <laughs> so they can construct hell for you. No matter which way the wind is blowing, you're always peeing into the wind. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's hell. That's, you thought about that's that. page one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fun thing about Avernus being essentially the front porch of hell is it is also filled with creatures that aren't devils. Yes. Uh, there are other adventurers there. There are essentially uh, refugees from other planes of existence who might be trying to get out but have some mission there. So not everyone you meet is necessarily going to be your enemy, but because of the corrupting influence of the place, if anyone has been there long enough, it's possible that they have been morally compromised. And so a, a good character really has to decide how long are we going to play around here or are we going to get this mission over with and get out of here as quickly as possible? Gotcha. Uh, because the, the place starts seeping in. Uh, and, you know, it can haunt your dreams. It can haunt your waking. Uh, a character can very easily start seeing reality in a new way. Would you guys say it's easier to get into hell than it is to get out of hell? Would you oh, say yes. that? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is this one of those adventures where your character at the end will likely look very unrecognizable from the character at the beginning, do you, would you think? I guess that depends on the player, but that is our intent, is to warp you beyond recognition. <laughs> <laughs> now, All right. I, I could also see some characters emerging from hell more resplendent with mm. goodness than ever before. Because, because one of the empowering things, I think, for some paladins, uh, clerics of good gods and others, is when you go to Avernus, your cosmic enemy is right in front of you. It's not an abstraction. True. You know, it's very easy sometimes, even in D&D where you're fighting monsters, to think, well, you know, just how evil are they? Mm -hmm. Well, when you're in Avernus... They are evil to the bone, you know, and, and so suddenly I think you could, you could be looking at something that gives you a mission, mm. and you could return to the mortal world uh, f with a fire for, yes. for making the world a better place because you realize just how bad things could get. Right. Because if more of reality became like that horrible place you just left, you've got your work cut out for you to make sure the rest of the multiverse uh, gets to hang on to the light that it has. Gotcha. That sort of uh, transitions pretty well to the concept of the ruler of Avernus, and who, who perhaps was someone who also saw that things could get pretty bad and decided that she was going to do something about it. Yeah. Right? Do you want to talk about her? I, Can we? I, I love her. I love her, her so much. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I heard conversations backstage about whether or not we were going to talk about her. So I know there's a lot yeah. that we probably don't want to re reveal, but what can we know? I mean, she's on the cover of the book. She's on the cover of the book. Um, but she's also detailed pretty well in Morgan Kane's Tome of Foes. So there's, there's stuff we can say about her. This is Zariel. Um, she is a, the, a fallen angel who rules uh, the top level of Avernus and has for 
a very long time, but her fall is what makes her interesting. She, of course, being an angel, a character of complete good, pure good, um, she was able to uh, see from her, her perch that the demons and the devils, she, she felt that the angels had to get involved with this conflict or one would overrun the other. Um, and so the angels refused and Zariel said, well, fuck it, I'm going to go myself. And, um, and yeah, that ends up being how she, she comes into Avernus and, and gets more than what she bargained for. Gotcha. She is the best. <laughs> so, and, and we may get to meet her and, and pick her brain, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah. yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, or, or she's going to slice open your head and pick your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a, one of the coolest things about Zariel is that she is on the front lines. So Avernus is a plane where the, the, the front lines of the blood war are taking place, and it's concentrated along the river Styx. Um, through Avernus. And so the closer you get to the River Styx, the crazier, the more intense the fighting is. And the more intense the fighting, that, that is the place where you're going to find Zeriel. She's, um, she leads from the front. She's a general. And she is terrifying to behold. Like, you don't want to be, especially, ooh, you get down into Avernus, pretty low-level folks, please do not go looking for Zeriel right off the bat. <laughs> She's a final boss kind of a thing. Um, but she's her, uh, one of my favorite things um, uh, to come out of, of movies like um, the, the latest Avengers movies and Black Panther are these villains whose motivations you sympathize with. Once you understand, oh, this villain has, I, I don't necessarily think that killing half of the entire universe is the best way to go about it, but your motivations are pure. Like, I get, I get where you're coming from. And so... Uh, I really like that when you look back at Zeriel's history and her motivations for getting involved in the blood war, you're like, oh, dang, would I have done anything different in her situation? I might have done the same thing. So being able to, to sort of get that story, figure out where your character would have fallen um, is one of, the, one of the biggest, coolest morality checks, if you meet her, which and you if, might not. If you do, and you, and you think that there's something there that can be saved, there's a chance you might be able to save her. Their redemption in a story like this is very important, I think. But then there's a power vacuum. <laughs> and what happens then? <laughs> well, and I was going to say, you mentioned this is a murder hobo's paradise. So if I want to go in and I'm like, I just want to cause havoc, want to be the most crazy character that is someone who could not live in our society, maybe I want to join up with whatever big power I can get and just cause more chaos, it sounds like I can do that as well. Oh, yeah, you'll have a great time. Yeah. Because you, because you could start your your own war band with your own infernal war machines and just be riding around like crazy, and just stay in Avernus. Yeah, yeah. So I maybe mean, it's I want... miserable though. <laughs> the food tastes terrible. Yes. I mean that makes sense, but maybe yeah. I mean. So I'm saying, could I, I? I maybe I want to redeem her, but maybe I just want to impress her. Like, can I do that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. You can oh, become yeah. one of her vassals. Cool. She she has a she has a, a very non-binary set of outcomes. Gotcha. So when you encounter Zeriel, if you encounter Zeriel, and you have made certain choices, which are all very complicated and cool and tied up into the the vastness that is Avernus, um, your every group I think will have a slightly different encounter with her. 
cool. She's she's really interesting. So one of, one of the challenges we face, I think, when we deal with kind of morally ambiguous characters, or especially evil characters, and in a party, is like, how do we make sure that there's a reason for us to stick together? Mm-hmm. Is that the the point of these kind of dark secrets? Or tell me a little bit about how the party dynamic will play out here. So. This adventure is built to handle any kind of party. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, if for some reason your party has some elements that don't seem to fit together very well, then the dark secret mechanic can help unite them or sort of trap them together. Gotcha. In a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they become linked by this secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really what's kind of holding them together in that case. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm not actually a big fan of the all-evil parties because they tend to be self-destructive, but in an adventure <laughs> like this, uh, where they can make dark deals, you can get away. You, you can actually have a lot of fun with that here. Hmm. Okay. Um, part of the thing that makes hell cool is this is the devil's home turf. If you kill a devil on the material plane, they just turn into a pool of goo but reform in the nine hells. Mm. If you kill a devil in the nine hells, the devil's dead. Forever. Right. So devils don't want to die. Mm. This is the place where they are actually the most vulnerable. So they're eager to make deals with characters who have a slightly uh, uh, broken moral compass. Right. I see. Be- because they, they actually have a fear yeah. in hell that they don't have when they're summoned into the mortal world. And they're right. stuck in the worst bureaucracy in the universe. Yeah? Right? It's, it's hideous. To, they ha, the only way they can become higher level devil, devils is to be promoted by their superiors and their superiors like to lord it over them. Right. It's absolutely the worst corporate environment you can possibly imagine. <laughs> right. right. It's, it sounds so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you have to kill me, Kate, to get the job. <laughs> Not a problem. Which she can do. <laughs> Start now. So there's a lot of party mechanics that we, we've been playing with recently, a lot of kind of the intrigue or things where um, we need to gather a whole bunch of information to put together a puzzle. What kind of things will we be doing here? Is it more of this kind of gather and crafting mechanic? Is it still some intrigue? What are the kind of the major things that we're going to be focused on here? Uh, there, there is a lot of uh, there are mysteries to solve, especially okay. in, in the Baldur's Gate portion of the adventure. Uh, and honestly, there's so much material about Baldur's Gate itself that I can imagine DMs using the Baldur's Gate Gazetteer to create whole other Baldur's Gate campaigns. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there are essentially crimes and other intrigues in the city to solve. Mm. Uh, so, you know, in a way, you're going to be kind of dark detectives figuring out what what the hell is going on here uh, before you then go on into hell itself. Yeah. Actually, some of my favorite villains are in the Baldur's Gate section. Yeah, they are yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, there's also Avernus itself is uh, a, a humongous playground that we have dedicated a huge part of this book to detailing. So even if something, uh, if you're following your own storyline, you've got your own campaign and our dumb storyline doesn't fit into it, (laughs) Avernus itself is a super great place to play. It has been so well detailed. There's this gorgeous map that like we we spent a bunch of time uh, trying to like put all of these cool locations on this map. um, And it is, it's it's just going to be an incredible sandbox for any party, any DM who feels like their players deserve to go to hell. (laughs) 
speaking of DMs, we spent a lot of time talking about the players and the parties, but what does this particular adventure offer a DM that might be new and exciting that people can look forward to? Oh, that's a really good question. So first thing is this adventure takes, it's sort of written for new DMs. Oh, okay. Uh, it might surprise some people to hear that um, because there's, you know, diving into the plains is often a very complex thing. Start them off with fire and brimstone right away. Right, yeah. but, uh, and, uh, but the way it's written, it's very, very friendly, uh, user-friendly, so that new DMs can kind of get their feet wet in the Baldur's Gate section uh, with some interesting baddies and sort of classic dungeons, gotcha. as well as some locations that they might know from the Baldur's Gate video game, things like that. Uh, and then it sort of gracefully slides them into hell and gives them things like, here are, the, here are some quick DM tips for how to bring hell to mm. life, how to make the characters not forget where they are. And they're meant to be things that you can internalize very easily. Mm. And then, as Kate was pointing, or, or, or talking about a moment ago, the sandbox nature means you can kind of pick and choose locations. And you can make the hell part as long or as short as you want it to. Really. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about Avernus that um, we, we have talked about a bunch is that because, I mean, it's not, it's not the material plane, time and space don't work the way that you think that they should in Avernus. And this can maybe seem a little daunting to a new DM, but I think it's an incredible tool because that means you can stretch any voyage in Avernus can take as long or as little time as you want it to. Um, things that, the, that your players might be able to see if they have a map, they, they can see a thing, they'd be like, well, it's way over there. And you'd be like, um, actually, you know what? You guys see it right over the horizon. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a very cool sort of um, gimmick that makes it easier, I think, to run, run games for a new DM. Plus, we also have a bunch of new monster stat blocks, so yep. DM, DMs seem to like those. Yes. Yep. <laughs> new, new monster stat blocks and also uh, new magic items. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. like, like we always have in Whoa, magic item fans yeah. in here. <laughs> <laughs> We've finally been able to use our new, our not-so-new, actually, infernal font that we created. Oh, yeah. Have you guys, yeah. Have you guys seen the font? Is it, it's on your water bottles, maybe? I noticed that. I was like, yeah. I Look under your chairs. Everybody has a water bottle. <laughs> yeah, who was uh, who the... Do you guys know the name of the font creator? Yes, Daniel Reeve. Daniel Reeve. He created a bunch of fonts for us, infernal being one of them, certain... One of our most beautiful ones, I think. Yeah. And we've got the font cipher in the book as well, so that if you, if you want to know, if you want to be able to translate yes. some of the runes and stuff that are hidden in the book. Or write little nasty notes for your players in Infernal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did, I, I heard a lot of really excited whispers with the cipher. I think people get really excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Now, we only have a couple minutes because we have more things to announce, but before I let you guys go, I know that when you make something like this, there's always something where you're like... Be sure, don't, don't miss this little part. You know, something that's kind of your pet exciting thing. I know you guys don't want to spoil, but are there any little messages that you want to give anyone, like, be, don't miss this, your little favorites? Before? Abyssal chickens can be familiars. <laughs> I heard about those. Quite a story. Yeah. I can't follow that. <laughs> Before we run out of time, I do want to just say uh, a number of people worked on this story. Oh, gosh, yes. And uh, we'd be remiss not to, not to mention uh, at least some of, the, some of the names. But Adam Lee, who is a narrative designer on our team, he is, he is, the, he is the father of this story. He led its creation, and he uh, orchestrated the team that got together to brainstorm all the crazy ideas that ended up going in the book, which included Kate, included narrative designer Ari Levitch, included uh, comic book writer Jim Zub, mm -hmm. and 
uh, actor, producer, director Joe Manganiello, and a number of other individuals. Yeah, huge group of people, huge. really talented. Yeah, massive group of people, and it also pulled in and uh, he corralled a bunch of writers, uh, freelance writers, many of whom are here at the show, and will be free to talk about their contributions. Yay. Uh, as they will. And it also, without giving away the story. Without no, giving sorry. away the yeah. story. <laughs> you can talk about what you worked on. Uh, and artists. Uh, the, the art in this book is not like the art in a lot of our other books. It's, How so? It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's super crazy. <laughs> it's super crazy. It's, it's hellish. It's hellish. I have, yeah. a, I have a story about the art. So yeah. there is a particular place, speaking of like something cool that you don't want to miss, yeah. if you're in Avernus, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to recommend like a fried chicken place to you. <laughs> You gotta go. Um, if you are in Avernus and you see something on the horizon that looks like a giant wound creeping out of the earth, go check it out. <laughs> um, we, had to, we wrote a, an art description for this piece, and it was Titus, I think, yeah. who was the, the artist on it. And I got a message, yeah, uh, I got a message from him um, on this art description because it was, I was just like, make it look like a giant weeping scab like growing up over this thing and there should be a lot of blood and like flesh and I got a message from him like this is the grossest Google search I've ever had to do <laughs> well that is the perfect place to end it <laughs> great advice always walk toward the wound uh, thank you guys so much let's hear it one more time thank you Oh man, I'm so excited for this adventure. It is going to be off the chain and in the depths of the nine hells. You better hope you don't fall off that chain. Right, the chains are holding El Torel in place. Because you're going to hell. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? Like we can now just say like go to hell all day at work. Go to hell. Because it's like actually Shelley. part of our lives now. <laughs> I we are going to be in going to the hell. nine hells for for a good long time. Should have given away hand baskets. Oh, get it? That's so goddamn smart. I mean, that's so <laughs> asmodeusly smart. <laughs> well, maybe Nathan can Photoshop us in a hand basket. Oh, yeah. he's it's already he hasn't done. Photoshopped us in a while. I know. I think he's you know being a little bit lazy. Eh? He's all like, oh, I got to do spoilers and swag stuff. He's got. I'm like, I got my own show. I've got to produce. <laughs> Well, speaking of own show that we're producing, we talked to a lot of awesome people while we were at D&D Live. Yep. Many of the D&D partners out there uh, told us all about the things that they're doing, things that they're making that are new. Uh, and so let's, uh, in lieu of new interviews from our studio, we're just going to package up two to three interviews with people that we spoke to uh, at D&D Live. Yes. And that'll be for the next couple of weeks. They're uh, all so going to hell with us. They're in hell, and it is talking to me and Shelly early in the morning hellish. with not enough coffee in our bloodstreams. It's on private hell. Let's listen in. Voice sounds devilish. You're <laughs> cosplaying. I'm cosplaying You're with cosplaying my vocal voice. Is. Type an, things. An event producer. Exactly. Hey. Exactly. Hi. Hi, Shelley. How are you? Great. It's so exciting. This is very exciting. Look where we are. We have. We're in hell. We're in hell, and we have two amazing hellish guests here with us <laughs> as well. Yes. How's it going, Ed? Pretty well. Pretty well. It's been great so far. And Bobby, how Bobby. are you? I never thought I'd be smiling this much in hell. 
But here we are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the morning. I, I know. When I so heard, cool. they don't tell you that in yeah. promotional materials. They really so, don't. Uh, yeah, they really don't. <laughs> We're kind of underselling it. Yeah. Uh, so like you guys are here from Wormwood, Absolutely. and you're making Wormwood. these some of these amazing things. Oh uh, yes. Might have yeah, seen definitely. on stage at uh, the first sessions of Dungeons and Dragons Live. I keep doing that. It's not Dungeons and Dragons Live. It's just D and D Live. You're so proper. I'm very proper. It even says right. Yeah, it says it right there. See, you have it modeled perfectly right there. Does this also say it? It does. It does. It's in Infernal script. Ooh, and want to know something? You can read Infernal. Very cool. Yeah. It's actually a sulfur inlay. Yeah, on that one. So the inlaid material is actually in universe. I thought I just had, you know, some some bad gas. Yeah. You <laughs> 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 do. Wow. Uh, so you guys work in the shop at Wormwood? What do you guys do? What, what's, what's your function? I know it, but I'm making sure you tell everybody. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, I am one of the co-founders of the company. Uh, my, well, my partners were Douglas and Ian Costello. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, joint effort. You know, we started back in 2012. Um, back on Etsy and you know at the time I did a little of everything I didn't really know what I was doing woodworking wise full disclosure um, I came in with the least background as far as that goes Doug and Ian are very accomplished uh, so they guided me on rails you know basically um, yeah I, I was um, I came aboard during their first Kickstarter um, I went to a tech school carpentry was my major so they actually hired me as a woodworker the company was so small that I mean I started it was in their basement you know what I mean yeah. it was literally like they lived upstairs and then there was just a shop downstairs yeah. um doug the the ceo yeah. of the company and i his kids would like just come running down naked you know what i mean and i'd be like hey yeah. it's yeah. a great yeah it was a great family it was it was a great it was a great but like we i ended up moving around so much at the moment right now where i'm at is i'm the creative director for wormwood um, so I'm not in the shop much anymore. I work on like all the videos you see. The, uh, I direct those with like a small team of videographers, photography, Worm Life, which is a uh, YouTube series, and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm more in the creative field now. Yeah, and I'm, meanwhile, I'm like the head of the customer relations sphere, the website, all that stuff, just the back end stuff that. Oh, so people yeah. tell you that they're very excited about their products and they want more. When you, yeah, you no, read that all is, the that fan is my now. department. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right. basically. As well as the opposite sometimes. Yeah, no, the opposite. I have people for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. Well, only send me the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this is gorgeous. All of what you guys are doing. Thank, how, thank like, you. How long does it take to, to make something like this? Huh, that's a good how, question. Like, yeah, the con like concept or how long does it actually take to make a tray? Both. Uh, so yeah. the concept, it's interesting, we've actually had these lying around the shop for a long time. Because yeah. we, we've had our official D&D license with our dice vaults and our hero vaults for a while now. Mm -hmm. Like around when the, uh, the beginning of 2019. And these were already created, but we were going through different leather processes. Um, and we finally yeah. found one that we liked. So yeah. that, that got approved and we went through a couple different things. But it's great to finally see it approved. Yes. Yeah. And they're live now. Mm -hmm. On the yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, people yeah. right these exact now. Order these. Yep, uh, Paduke right here and Wenge uh, yeah. are both uh, both both available. Yeah, right now we have them. Yeah, with the black leather and the, the red leather is coming soon. We just got to take some photos. Like that this is like everything is so thoughtful. Like from these little I don't know what they're called, but oh the feet, feet. yeah, the feet. The little just little feet. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a nice little touch. So you don't scratch up your table. And really, once you you roll your dice on something like this, you can't just use a table ever again. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's it's ruined, ruined it for me. Yeah, something. It's it's. 
there's something satisfying about rolling in leather, and then my favorite is hearing like the the dice just like yes. kind of bounce yeah. up against the wood. Yeah, you you get, get that with dice effects. towers mm -hmm. and inside the dice tray. And it's I like this of course, part because then to... I can line them up because I'm a little OCD mm -hmm. about my dice. And, then, and of course, yeah, you can, yeah, even, of course, pop your dice in here. We didn't think of a set of dice. Shame on us. But oh, then when well, you go, why don't we have we? We gotta get our dice down here so we have them. It fits, right? It's like it's like caboodles. Remember caboodles in the tray. That's really speaking to my OCD. Right <laughs> I really like this. We would put our lunch in caboodles and then peg our jeans. Yeah, exactly. it's like a little bento box for Definitely, your, yeah. For your yeah, bento box. Like that's, much, that's much better. <laughs> yeah, we're all we about like sort of upgrading the experience right. as a whole. You know, like bring those little touches because you know we grew up, you know, playing the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Dougie and I, and. Um, you know, as adults, you know, you're looking for that, that sort of nice thing to, to, to invest in, and yeah. your hobbies are where you go. You know, how many hours have you spent around the table? So, yeah. why don't have plus, something nice to show? It looks nice, even when it's not in use. Exactly. It's just yeah. like a nice You don't have thing. to hide it when the, when the company goes, you know, you no. want to proudly display it. No, I'll put it it's very got proudly. It's a nice sound, too. Like, everything just I know. sounds I know. right. But really, like, it seems like this stuff should take a really long time. Like, it does. You know, it, initially, of course, it did. We have a really iterative process. Yeah, no, right? Of course. Good yeah. logo treatment there. And these uh, are these are uh, uh, just to make sure everyone knows they're exclusive to D and D Live. Yeah, these right? ones on display are exclusive to the event. Okay. Uh, however, there are ones available. You know, with these inlays and these woods that are um, officially for the new event, the Descent to Rivers. That's on. That's live right now. Well, right here, these I actually brought a couple of each. So the oh, D and D Live great, 2019. Yeah. These are things that yeah. people can only get at the event. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the we now have. This is a with every oh. with every with every expansion with every every new storyline. You know, we, we hope to do something like this. These are available on the website right now as well. Um, so they have the same inlay, sulfur inlay, um, and it comes infernal in and infernal in infernal okay. common well. English, or whatever the, you want to call it. Or the beautiful Tiamat font. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so yeah, so these are these are available website and here, and you know, forever. These are just got to be here to get. Is the, the type TV of thing where you ones. see yeah. wood in uh, other places and you're like, oh, that's cherry wood or that's blah, blah, blah. You're like, you just all of a sudden become like a wood guy? Yeah, definitely. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially dealing with photography, dealing with all the assets of everything. I mean, when we do Kickstarters, yeah. it's like oh, yeah, 50, yeah. 30, 60, 50, 70 woods that we're working with. And we need to go through photos of every single one. And I, I'm... You know, right now we could just be like, "Oh, is that an Argentinian lignum vitae?" Like, you know, oh, I mean, just yeah, like, just, like, yeah. the most ridiculous. Yeah, I know, right? Is that Argentinian? Oh. We always have like I didn't even have five. Lignum, lignum vitae. like we've had like three oaks, four or five different rosewoods, and then it's always like, "Oh no, that's Honduran. No, that's Bolivian." Okay, yeah. Like, what are you oh. looking for when you're looking for like? like There's just little like what, discrepancies, like like Wenge, for example, is a good example of what's called like an open grained wood. Um, it's where awesome. it's kind of an open-grained wood, like it's very sort of coarse and porous looking, not to the touch because you know, of course we sand it down, but you can see the sort of spots in yeah. between yeah. there. Uh, whereas cherry is a you know is a sort of finer, tighter grain. So like little discrepancies like that are just like tells. More for aesthetic things. than yeah, okay. yeah, largely. Yeah, you know, weight plays a factor, but yeah. you know, even just looking at it, you can say mostly like the grain. For example, like in something like Wenge, like even you can see here, like you see how wide the grain is on this one. This is the yeah. same exact wood and has much tighter grain. You know what I mean? So like each piece of Wenge is very, very different from one another. Whereas like cherry's more uniform. Yeah. You kind of know what to expect with cherry, and Wenge is a little kind of out there sometimes. Candy, so cool. Yeah. So when you were majoring in carpentry or woodworking, is this yeah. what you thought your uh, what not, you ended up doing? Not in a million years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told I I Those met I met I met <laughs> yeah, I guess I met Doug uh, I met Doug's wife at a library because she saw my Iron Man socks. So we started talking about nerd stuff, oh, and then she see. told me what Doug did, and I was like, "What? There's a that's that's 
That's, that's a insane. Job. That's, that's very real. Job. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, anyone who's not in this industry, well, talking to them, they're like, really? Right. And yeah, they, like they don't do get what it. Again? They, they yeah. just don't get it. Um, so when I went in and I saw just, this industry appreciates craftsmanship and love and just like the yeah. type of things that we try to put into our products where it's like, if you're a trained carpenter, you can make furniture that's thousands and thousands of dollars. Who the hell are you gonna sell it to? Because people who want a table are gonna get the best deal they can. They're gonna go to Ikea and get the best value for their money. Right. But if it's a hobby, something where people love, it's a part of their lives, they yeah. don't want the cheapest thing. They want the nicest thing they can buy. So I think that's probably one of the largest reasons why Wormwood has been successful is because just the market appreciates and is willing to pay a premium on something that's going to last forever yeah. and you know and, something that and then they can yeah. show up at the table i mean that's yeah. a big exactly. part of it too is like people it means them and be like oh this is my wormwood thing that i you know shaved up for this is what i got yeah Everybody's no it's, it's a goal it. you get to show it off yeah. it's a lot of aspirational yeah. um and it's also it's you know gift, there's yeah. a very sort of communal element of the company because like, you know at the time when, when bobby joined up you know it was our job but we were lucky enough like Leslie, I was working at the library yeah. and supporting. The, you know, we had to, you know help from our family and friends to yeah. actually get this off the ground. Right. Um, you know, and now it's self-sustaining. We have about fifty people at the shop, and it's great. Wow. But um, the community, like, we would not be here if we hadn't launched on you know Kickstarter stuff and had the community support yeah. us. And there was a real outcry for you know. I, I was shocked because after we did the first Kickstarter, we did a you know convention, and um, we had all these people coming up to us just saying like, "Thank you for for doing this." Yeah. You know, and I was just like, oh, "Thank community. you for ordering one." You know? <laughs> yeah. But really, like, people are just so happy to have something. Else. That's awesome, you guys. You're right. Good craftsmanship. Well, we'll be getting more. Yeah. Yes, this is absolutely um, just. Beautiful work. Thanks very Thanks much. So yeah, really dream come true to have the to have that ampersand on us. You mentioned the table, so I mean, how's that going? What's what's because that's a whole new different. It's almost yeah. a scale. It's, it's, of it's almost a different business. It really it's is. almost an yeah. entirely. It flipped its. It, it it flipped Wormwood's on on its head. Like if we're gonna go to a convention, you know, we have to sell. You know, let's say if we want to make ten grand, we have to sell a lot of dice vaults in order to do that. Yeah. But for now, that's one table. So average. They started at five thousand, but the 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 fact that it's such a different price point is really turning Wormwood into something else. Bless and thus far, bless you. Excuse me. And thus far, it's, it's a lot of pollen here in hell. And yeah. uh, <laughs> curse you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's it's going really really well right now. We we are the shop is making about two tables a week. Yep, yep, we're going up to four. I'm within a impressed month. that you and can they, crank only 50 people in the shop. Yeah, and well, yeah, we're 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 working into sort of reposition thing because you know historically it's been all accessories, and then we've launched the table department with three or four people. The first table was built by one craftsman just over the course of months. Like a um, prototype, right? And yeah, exactly. So now that you know the the things are shifting, we're working on ways to sort of smooth out some of the more tedious work. Uh, on these products and focus on the hand stuff, uh, we, we can shift more over to the furniture. So it's kind of tilting in that direction. We'll That's just awesome. have more and more people over there. Um, Great. Yeah, it's, it's, Congratulations, you guys. The arc of the company has been building towards the furniture the whole wow. time. You know, that's where Doug and Ian started, was this handcrafted custom furniture that, like Bobby said, there was no real audience for. Right. Um, so Wormwoods allowed them to find one. Excellent. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see where you're going next yep. and to get one of your tables. Yes. One Thanks day. so much. One day. It's my put aspiration. Us, put us down for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys have room to put it in your house. You're like, oh, we'll put well, it I was thinking about the office. Oh, well, that's here. Well, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> they look great. They, look yeah, great. they can't be on my phone. They can't be in my house either. Right. Awesome. Right. Well, thank you guys for stopping thank you by. So We're excited for all the fans to be able to check out all of uh, the Wormwood stuff that you've got here uh, at uh, D&D Live uh, 2019, but then on the website, people get them while they're hot. 
Thank you guys so much. It's a dream to be here. Yes, like literally hot. Literally hot. All right. Hello, everyone. We are back. Uh, uh, I'm Greg. I don't know if you guys know that. Oh, yeah. I'm Shelly. This is Shelly. Hi. We didn't even bother with that. Hi, Jason. This is Kyle. This is Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Did we get you guys right on the lower thirds? I hope so. Uh, You guys are from WizKids. Yes. How is it going? Incredible. Yeah. You've good. been preparing here for the last uh, couple of days, getting mm-hmm. all of your. Actually, your your booth is right behind. Right behind oh, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What's that been like setting all that good. up? Pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of product. It's a lot it of, product. a lot of product. <laughs> you guys do a lot of stuff. You're Tons probably not going Tons. home with that much product. So no, not personally. Be... I'm not trying to cart it behind me. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. People yeah. Are no. uh, might be hard yeah. to bring Help on the plane. Help you unload some of that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you mentioned a lot of product. What yes. are all the things that WizKids is doing for Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah, so the most exciting thing right now is for the, the Descent into Avernus uh, set, we're doing the full 45 miniature set. So set 12 uh, is the new release. Uh, we can't necessarily talk about any of the characters and figures in it just yet, um, but lots of new demons, which we're really excited about. New demons? Yeah, all the new demons. Um, and the premium figure for that is the Infernal War Machine, which we what? debuted like at people can show. get this? Yeah, they can actually get this. What? So it is a premium figure. Uh, it's not a case incentive, correct, Kyle? Uh, it is, actually. Uh, but, but they can buy it separately. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't yeah. have to buy the, the, the brick in order to get it. No. Um, yeah, you can just Way. order it separately. Yeah, yep. totally. It's like 11 inches long. You've got room for a mini in the cockpit, and you've also got room for six <gasps> minis in the back side of it. It's really awesome. They're basically uh, Infernal Blood War tanks yep. that demons use to traverse the hellscape. Hence the... Hells the horns. Hells the horns. Oh, <laughs> oh the horns. Uh, this is amazing. Throw the horns this really comes apart. Yeah. Because yep. I yeah, would just leave this out in my house right? because it's so beautiful. Like on your and maybe table? put like some M&Ms or something. <laughs> yes. <in there>. Some mints. <laughs> After dinner mints. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. This it is, is quite awesome. The piece. Yeah. So you did the prototype for this. Yeah. What yeah, does yeah. that even mean? Like how? Would, tell me. Walk me through this. So generally, you know, we our sculpting team. Uh, we'll design it, and uh, you know they'll send me images. I'll see them, uh, work with them to you know make little tweaks, maybe give suggestions here and there, and uh, then from there uh, we get physical prototypes and you know make sure it works right and make sure it looks good and you know. Because there's a lot of detail on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the chains and yeah. all the little you know spokes and treads and all that stuff, and even the. Uh, you know, interior is even sculpted yeah. with little pipes and little cool. rivets and all that stuff. Looks uh, kind of ramshackled, like built together just from found parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Listen, it's truly incredible. And, and, and so go ahead. I was just going to say, these Infernal War Machines, just so everyone knows the, 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 the story of them, is that there are these warlords in, in Avernus mm-hmm. who uh, each control some of these uh, machines. This is one uh, approximation of them, but we have, uh, you know, kind of the idea that this whole marketplace yeah. uh, is within one of those Infernal War Machines, and we have some of the, you know, dune buggy type yeah. things over here uh, yeah. showing them off. And then at the D&D Epic yeah. uh, that is going on right now on the other studio, this... Uh, Miniature is going to be the focal point for all their yeah. uh, play. That's right. Yeah, pretty very exciting. Excited, very exciting. And I mean, we just one thing that we consider moving forward always is how we call it 4D storytelling. The idea that what's the next level that we can Ooh, take a mini to? 4D. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time and space. We're bending time and space at WizKids. <laughs> we've we've figured it out. We've we've managed. To. What if someone comes up with 5D storytelling? It's not possible. <laughs> No, no, we just copyrighted it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but just the idea that, that for example, like the Halister's Lab premium set, the back of the wardrobe pops out 
it's a false back so that you can like have a secret passage in, I know, I know, and I know things that. like that. I so, that so we just really, I think that attention to detail really makes fans enjoy kind of what we do and, and, and we always try to take it a little bit more. So basically to add story to what you're trying to do with a miniature yeah. um, instead of just having miniatures on the table. But this I mean, is using your of imagination is great. Yeah. But oh my God, yeah. <laughs> to be able to right? just have this in right? front of you. And at least the creativity, like I've been asked a lot this weekend, you know, what, um, what do you guys feel minis bring to the table? And it's actually, cre it, it breeds creativity, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone at the table playing DD, if you're playing Theater of the Mind, each has an idea of what that room or what that object looks like. Um, and uh, minis allow you to actually have spatial awareness of what is around you and, and yeah. breeds further creativity. So. Yeah. Awesome. It really does. That's very cool. Um, did you paint this? No. Did you paint this? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the prototype. No, we did not. Nice. Not yet. Because uh, you're we a painter will. as well, yes. right? Are yeah, yeah. Minis painter? Yeah, so we just launched uh, Nolzer's Marvelous Painting Tutorials um, with Realmsmith on the uh, Dini Twitch. So every Sunday at 5 Eastern, we, we paint Nolzer's Minis. We did two dragons already, the Copper Dragon and the Blue Dragon, and uh, next week we'll do the Black Dragon. And so. these are tutorials? Yeah, they're all tutorials. Yeah, two-hour tutorials to teach people how to paint our minis. Nice. Our can collective you, minis. But you can, can you actually paint a mini in two hours? Yeah, yeah, we did the Copper Dragon. Actually, we did the Copper Dragon in an hour and a half, and then the Blue Dragon was about an hour, an hour and 45, so. So is it, in the yeah. tutorial, are you, like, teaching people, like, how to blend colors and, and yeah. make, like, details and... Techniques enough to make it tabletop ready. So dry brushing okay. and base coating and highlighting and kind of those sorts of quick, quick sort of things. So, yeah, but two hours awesome. for every mini. So we're, we're we're focusing on kind of the the young dragons at first, and then we'll move on to the rest of it too. Sweet. Yeah. What a great cool. idea. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like I like being able to show people the the wonder of, of mini spinning. It's a lot like you know, the streaming of, of Dungeons and Dragons, where I, yeah. you know you probably 20 years ago, if someone was like, wait, do you watch people paint minis like? <laughs> Go watch. That is entertaining. Yeah. Well, right. It's very relaxing. Yeah. Well, it's because he's entertaining. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, just like you are. And we happy, do. We take out. We take out the happy little dragons. Yeah, we do. We do. We take out the, the player's handbook, and we have a little story time in the end. If you know, and we talk about stats and how to use it, the mini in your game. And so we, we try and bring a bit of game game into it as well. But uh, but so many people love our product. Um, we yeah. definitely want to show them how to how to bring some life to them. So you guys do great work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. What are you prototyping next? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no pressure. You know you can ask that I know, question, great, I know. I'm just very excited. Out of all the people to ask you. <laughs> I know. I know, right? We do have uh, premium minis coming out. Um, so we're doing, uh, you know, our typical kind of pre-painted booster packs. We actually have one-shot kind of booster packs with single minis in them that are that are painted with a lot more detail than the than the boosters are. And so yeah. those are releasing. We're releasing four. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's six, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's all uh, it's all player characters, uh, you know, different races and class combinations. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah cool. some of the most popular ones. I like that. Kind of the showpiece yeah. minis, right? So they're kind of the one-offs. Right. And then the, of course, unpainted line. We've got waves eight through ten. Uh, eight just released, and that's the young dragon ones. The next wave, I think, it has turtles in it. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Turtles. Right. Tortles. And then it has uh, the brass, uh, silver, and white dragon as well in it. Young dragons, and so we're, we're super yeah. excited. Those unpainted minis are just flying off the shelves. You know, people love them. We, people still can't get the beholder. And how, how long ago was the beholder? Oh, yeah. wave, oh God. Uh, probably that wave four. Wave four, and it's still yeah. selling out like crazy. So Dan Telfer from uh, Nerd Poker is always bugging. He's like, I'm doing a whole beholder thing in my campaign. I need beholders. I'm like, I can't. They're very hard to find. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes a beholder. Yeah. That's you? great. So when, you're, so when you're prototyping, what is that? How many iterations do you do? Do you like, you know, have one and then you're like, oh, I got to tweak it? Or do you go through like 100? So it depends. Um, but I would say for this one, we probably went through about seven different iterations. All right. Uh, before, That's not that many. Yeah. 
So usually we're uh, we're very good at getting it pretty close on the first try. Um, but you know, sometimes we have to make small. And how far in advance before this actually comes out are you guys starting this prototyping? Uh, so we usually start things about a year in advance. Uh, that's generally our goal is a year. Um, and most times that's how we uh, that's how long it takes. It's a long time to keep things under your hat. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, and so, I mean, you guys have been coming to our uh, licensing meetings, uh, so you get sometimes like a sneak peek of what's to come. You know, I remember there was a, a presentation by Adam Lee uh, last summer about this adventure, and does it come from that? Is it be like, all right, well, that's the idea of what's happening, and then we'll uh, talk louder over the loud uh, drilling. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, and then you're like, okay, we'll, we'll decide, and then the prototyping begins at that point? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for me, uh, I generally get like a document that outlines, you know, what you guys are going to be doing. And uh, from there, I just pick out little things. And uh, I work with a couple other people to make the set list, try to get all the key monsters, you know, all the uh, important story beats. Nice. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering how, because you, you get to see the, the story Bible and hear about in advance. So you're picking out who you're going to, who the minis are going to be yeah. from that. Yeah. And then do you submit a list, like these are who we think, or does... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, so I work with, uh, with one other person and we make, we make the set list. Um, and then from there we submit it uh, and, you know, they give us the okay on it. Maybe they might tell us to take one or two things out, but generally they're all right with everything. Yeah. And uh, it's good. And you guys, of course, have these huge trophies uh, oh, I know. Uh, back these behind awesome. here. Uh, the red dragon, the black dragon that just yeah. came out. We just hung one of those in our office. Yep. So cool. Along with our yeah. mind flare. Yeah, so cool. The beholder's very popular. It's not here either, but, hangs out on but it's so cool. Couch. Yeah, the Xanathar just hangs out. He just sits with us. He joins <laughs> our team meetings. He gets very mad. He gets very mad. He's very surly. Uh, but did, did, did you guys work on those at all? Did you prototype that, or what was that like? Uh, so there... Our sculpting teams do make the uh, the foam uh, foam statues. Um, me, I'm not personally involved with those ones, uh, but you know, I still see the prototypes and I'll give uh, little suggestions here and there. Like I remember with the uh, black dragon, at one point he had a little bit of green on him, mm. which is a little bit of maybe a mistake, but we got that fixed. Yeah. Nice. You're like, it's not a green dragon. No, yeah, it's yeah, a black it's dragon. A, it's a black yeah, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. a green dragon yeah. in disguise. Maybe yeah. it's just it was swampy leftover uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Loam yeah. On maybe him. he was in a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. could be. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I think. We, we make stuff that uh, we love and we would want. And I think yeah. that was more of kind of a marketing thing. And then people just love them. And then they flew off the shelves. And so we just take chances and make stuff that we think that we, we would love ourselves, like this. Right. And then uh, and then hope that everybody loves them too. So. That's a great philosophy. Make Maybe. the thing that you love. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, and they will come. And, and then set it free. No, wait, that's a butterfly. You can set it free. I mean, we have Paul and Bill here. Charlie. From, Charlie. Charlie, sorry. From <laughs> Beatles and Grimm. How are you? We're great. We're great. We're happy to be here. Your voice has been much better shaped than mine. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to let you do all the talking. It's not even 9 o'clock. You're, you're running ragged. <laughs> Although you, I don't know, it looks like you didn't maybe get a lot of sleep. Well, you know. You know, they have cream for that. Really? Do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got You know what? He's used a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is with makeup. Uh, but you know, being in hell is not is no cakewalk. It's hard to sleep. You know? It's yeah. very hard. It's, I've all tried like this, all the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. The wailing, yeah, no. It's yeah. the gnashing of teeth, really. Exactly. I know. And I the harvesting like of souls a white noise is machine. a surprisingly time-consuming process. It yeah. is. It is. But you guys have done a good job with it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
You got so, so many souls. Yeah, well, then, hey, and we've turned them into really awesome stuff. What? Tell us about them. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, so last year, you know, we launched Beetle and Grimm's at the stream last year. Like, literally, it's we signed. It's been a year. It's been a year. We signed our contract, like, an hour before we went live. Yeah, the blood was Your still infernal wet. On the infernal path. On the infernal path. Oh, we're allowed to call her that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Our lawyer. Our, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and, you know, we had, we didn't have a, a, anything really to show yet. We were, it was all just on sort of okay. hopes and dreams. Just trust us. And in, <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, it was like, hey, trust. And in the year since, what's amazing is that we put out the Waterdeep Dragon Heist Platinum Edition, a thousand units. We sold those out. It was amazing. And since then, we've come up with a silver edition, which uh, we actually now uh, are about to release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is actually the the actual production box oh that it's going to be in. Uh, that actually ships in just a couple of weeks now. Wow. Um, we have some that amazing awesome. things in it. This is actually a. Uh, a, uh, one of the things that's in the adventure. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's the shark god. Shark I don't want to give too much yeah. uh, away, yeah, no but. Uh, Wait, is that a. Is that a uh, that's not a baby shark. <laughs> okay, I. Baby shark god. Yeah, yeah. It's a left shark. It's a left shark. Love shark. Love shark, baby. So, and then, and then these are just some of the things that are going to be in it. So in we you know because our our boxes are all about you know the physical oh, yeah. handouts that oh, we can have. Wow, that's cool. So these are all parts of the story um, <laughs> that are just so much fun to make uh, and really tell the story. We have you know back in our booth we have the big maps uh, from Salt Marsh. So to be able to come here and have the actual physical products, whereas last year it was just all yeah. about what's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, super fun. And then to be able to announce yesterday that we're releasing the Platinum Edition for Descent into Avernus. Uh, you know, that, you're going to have fun with that one. So much fun. And so this, and we only have, we have the first piece that we've produced <gasps> for it. Uh, oh, wow, again, very is, heavy. Yeah, so this is uh, beautiful. the so Hellrider cool. badge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hand model. Yeah, uh, yep, I there can't you go. talk, but I can hand model. Oh, like, look at that. Like, oh, look at that. Look at yeah, that. Yeah. So this is this is yeah. the badge of the Hellriders of El Terrell. It's just Love really it. so much fun uh, to be That's able to uh, yeah. to be able to you know to talk about and show and it's been so much fun to work on. So we're really, really excited about it. Once again, we're only making a thousand of those. Uh, it started going on sale yesterday and just in the first few hours we sold more. <gasps> Then we sold the entire weekend last year. Wow. So we're it's fun to have you know, a track record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, People know what you guys are going to deliver. Yeah, yeah. They know that it's yep. awesome. And they yep. know that yep. they'll, they'll just you know increase the amount of stuff that they have in their kit. Yeah, absolutely. Each box that they have out there. And 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 then and so this year we're actually you know going to have oh actually. Charlie, there's some there's something else that we have to show that's yeah, going to be in. Yeah, no, no. First of all, it's going to be oh, in the oh, December oh, box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these guys. I don't know how well you can see. Them, yeah, but, show them. Uh, these are our namesakes. That Beetle, is Beetle and Grim. What? Yeah. Yeah. Gale Force Nine has. Yeah, uh, Gale Force Nine came through uh, for us. Uh, put Aww. Matthew Lillard in a one of those huge molds <laughs> and just like shrunk him down. And then shrunk him down. Uh, so that's Grim the Giant Slayer oh and Beetle, God. and these are going to be uh, little extra add-ons in our descent into Avernus 
uh, platinum edition. Awesome. They're going to be fully painted when they when they come out, but these just are fresh off the. Okay, so they yeah, will be painted. Yeah, painted. Yeah. These are these are fresh off Smells the, like uh, the factory <laughs> line. Yeah, we're what? really excited about that. Wait, what kind of weapon does he have? I just want to make sure. Well, he's got a tankard. Yeah, he's got a prick. I know. A little, <laughs> a little dagger. A little, yeah. Yeah, that's a dagger. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> so it's, it's true to form. Matt's not watching, is he? No, yeah, no, no, he never watches. Uh, <laughs> not awake right. yet. Uh, uh, and so, and so we're also, so we're also um, this yeah. year is also the year that we're starting to expand uh, our product lines. So this like, year, it's your, it's your second. It's our year. Party, you know. Yeah, it's actually not <laughs> even because yeah, I think these came a little less than a year apart, but. We can talk in years now. You know, last year we were talking in minutes. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing a, uh, a series of map vaults. Oh. Yeah. So we're doing one now for uh, uh, Alex Cammer's uh, Sea King's Balance. Oh, oh. Right. Yeah, cool. it's a Kickstarter right now. This is a stretch what? goal for it. And this will include uh, three ship maps, two-sided, one-sided uh, as it is in the, in the module. And the other side is all the bulkheads are empty so, and it's on dry erase. So you can reuse it for oh, your own adventures cool. and draw in as you like. And we're also this year going to hopefully uh, be rolling out some player-focused uh, products that we yep. can't quite announce yet. But there's going to be some other things that we're going to come out with this year Ooh. that and are going to be not just for DM. And this is separate than the box. Yeah. Yes. So separate okay. from the box, we're going to have things that are just going to be for players. Yep. Yeah. So the box, you know, it's for the players and the DM, but the sort of the DM gets to keep it, you know, because that's what they're doing. Right. But we're going to try to come up with some things this year that are going to be for players that are the same level of quality and you know, physical elements and things like that. But we're just really, we're really excited about the opportunity uh, to be able to build this stuff uh, and share it with everybody. We've just having a, been having a great time. That's awesome, that's awesome. All right, so where can people find out more about what's, uh, where, where to find all this? So, uh, beetleandgrims.com. Uh, uh, the Ghosts of Saltmarsh is on sale now. Uh, we only are making 1,200 of them. Uh, and they ship uh, just a couple of weeks after the book hits stores, so the first yep. week in June, I think, is when it ships. Yep. Uh, so if you want to get one of those, uh, now's the time to do it. Yeah, 10% off this weekend. 10% off this weekend. And we just launched uh, Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus Platinum Edition. Uh, you can get and that. They're selling uh, fast. They're selling they're fast. fast. We're only making a 1,000 of them. And uh, they're also 10% off this weekend That's from right. the website. And when they're Excellent. done, they're done. They're gone. And when they're they are done. gone, they're gone. When they're done, they're done. Exactly. Right. You have to go to hell to get one. Excellent. Yeah. All right, awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. Absolutely. I love everything you guys, guys are doing. Awesome and, uh, you guys look awesome, too. Your costumes are amazing. Good to Thank see you. Thank you. Great. Good to see awesome. you. Great. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. And we have Lydia and Jerry from Penny Arcade. Yay. Actors to do the clapping. I know. We do the If you clap for yourself, I feel like that. that You're takes clapping the... for Lydia. Okay, there I'm we go. Lydia, we were clapping for you. Guys. There's a clapping for continuum. You. Yes. And we're all protected. Everybody clap for the person on their left. Exactly. There's no, there's, there's no self clap, <laughs> is what I'm saying. No. Yes, and then we clap for the fallen soldier, <laughs> the fallen adventurer. Yes. Thank you. That's right. Thank you, sir. Yes. Godspeed. Uh, uh, you so should clap for yourselves because. Oh, Shelly, have you? Well, here, we should hold it up. Have you feasted upon? I feasted upon it when it was in galley form. I was oh. tearing through it. Oh, that's right. I, had, I actually had an opportunity. I was out there. Um, so for Child's Play, there was like a couple games with Chris Perkins that got sold as lots. Yes. Uh, and I got invited to one of those games. And so when I came out to Wizards, that was the first time I'd ever seen a galley print. And it was the first time I'd ever seen and you the saw cover this. Like, oh. printed out like up on the wall. With Pretty like amazing. a mat. I couldn't yeah. handle it. I, I lost it. This like, has to be like really amazing. 
Like back, think about like way back when you guys started doing this, fourth edition audio podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which was awesome. That's how I actually learned how to play fourth edition, just by listening to those podcasts. You did? Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I was like, I just would listen to them endlessly on like my way to and from work. Like, really? Just totally sucked in. Like, in in my mind, like, I can't even imagine that that's that's true. Like in my oh, yeah. in, in my mind, you know how it's like when, whenever you meet a person and it's like you're just like, oh well, they've always been the way that they are when I met them. Now, <laughs> and it's there was like, a time when I did not know. And it's like how this to say. this person is hardcore. <laughs> They're out there killing it every day. It's the T-shirt. There's a lot to it's learn, the right? <laughs> it does. Um, it's making me look. But bad. no, I mean, because the truth is, yeah, I mean, it's impossible to think about what it was like going back like in 08 or 09 and yeah. then doing that like these before, little baby characters no exactly have. but even before like podcasts were even like a yeah. big deal like it was kind of a weird thing to get into. it was a really weird thing right and then now you know but if you go even further back than that where it's just like kids engaging with the game on their own terms and playing it and yeah. like buying like a 20 or 30 dollar book and then playing for 10 years you know what I mean? Like the idea that there's a real book that catalogs, like, you know, our adventures and our campaign, but then also invites people into the same setting. Like that is too much. I know. It's too much. So you gotta do more. You gotta pack more in there. I'm Tell into us it. About so what? What are people gonna get in this book? What's, oh my gosh. What is this? What's oh, happening? Well, nothing would bring me more pleasure. Tell and, us and, and the best part is that it has a table of contents. Oh. <laughs> so I saw like a panic in your eyes, like, what is oh, it? No, 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 it's ease, ease itself. Not only does it have a table of contents, Shelly Bazinobo, it also has an index. That's amazing. Wow. So if you want to know where stuff is, <laughs> what a we're, great idea. We are getting you coming and going. We got it on both sides. Um, but no, uh, the main thing is it starts out. I mean, I, I can even I can even show you Do specifically, it. right? Just read from it. No, I, I can quite easily. <laughs> Every, everybody, there are words in everybody. It. <laughs> oh wait, they're used words. Yes. Everybody, settle in. All the stops for this. All right. One. So, in here, you've got this part right here, mm -hmm. which is designed here. Let me turn to the camera. Dun, that section dun. right there is designed to uh, invite. Uh, New, uh, you know, new members uh, and already and existing enthusiasts of Acquisitions Incorporated into the setting, which is essentially a kind of fan fiction. I mean, it's it's like it's like whenever anybody grabs uh, uh, some Forgotten Realms stuff, right. and then there, as soon as their uh, game starts in there, it's really their Forgotten Realms. Right? Yeah, I, that's their own I think shard it, of reality. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And, you know, the truth is that the game system allows for that mechanically. It's totally fine. Every now and then we'll try to cross over with other groups. And the main reason we try to do those crossovers is just to lend additional reality to both sides of it. Yeah. Right? Just bind up our shards uh, and, you know, add value, so to speak, in AI terms to both sides. But, um, value. Yeah. But <laughs> beyond that, then you have, I mean, the main chunk here is going to be something like uh, this here is a one to six campaign. So that, that basically, by the time you're done with that campaign, you are ready to take on the Forgotten Realms, essentially, as a member in good standing uh, of Acquisitions Incorporated. So by, by the end of that, you have, uh, you, you're going to have uh, a headquarters. Oh, my God. You'll have 
employees. And, these, and it's, it's important to have things like that because um, there's already existing downtime rules in D&D, but for an Acquisitions Incorporated franchise, the downtime rules really cover a lot of like growth opportunities and they sort of exist in the background and you're and the employees that you have are tasked with these things. Yeah. So that the business is always working. I'm surprised you like, allow for downtime. In oh, <laughs> well, even the downtime can be quite profitable in this. So right. let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear. But let's you know, speak, well, I want to make sure we have time to get to yeah. the leading oh, yeah. product managing because that's adding a lot of value to yeah, what was, uh, what's happening here. Well, what was your uh, role here? My role is um, we wanted to make it really special on how we sell it on our online store. Um, yeah. Store.penny-arcade.com. One just something really special, and so uh, Kiko, our, direct, our director of design, had created this our Penny Arcade pin, which is the stained glass. This is the one. Oh. I haven't seen uh, green you know, flame it's, pin. It is so in good. person. It's ridiculous. And just to make this, just to show how special this book is to us and Acquisition Incorporated Penny Arcade, um, if you purchase it on our online store, you actually get a free pin to go along with it, nice. just like as a thank you for being a part of Acquisition Incorporated and making your own franchise. Making so. your own franchise. No, no, no. Oh, it is, oh, oh, my bad. Sorry. No, no, it's very good. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it is. I'm very, very pleased. Um, but like I say, you know, so the, the very last little sliver of the book essentially takes, you know, the 10-year history of Acquisitions Incorporated, some of the, the personages like, you know, RPCs, for example, um, a few notable NPCs, all the player characters from uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, the C-Team, uh, is going to play a game in one of these pods later today. Yeah. Those are all statted up in the same way that you would see a monster statted up. They're all in here? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So all those, all the characters that we know, and then extra uh, NPCs to confound uh, and delight uh, <laughs> monsters from, monsters from uh, Penny Arcade and uh, AI lore like the Deep Crow. <laughs> Um, but we have all kinds of stuff, but, but yeah, like I say, and then uh, uh, there's monsters, but there's uh, other NPCs to confound and delight. Uh, but then each of the characters is... Oh, that's amazing. But they're broken out with uh, character histories, yeah. sort oh of up, uh, up to now, and then, but they're stat blocked like monsters, so they can be run at the table easy. They're not like character sheets. Right. They're blocked out like a, they're brought, they're blocked out like a, a feature idea. of their level. Right. Or um, an NPC that you mm -hmm. just drop in and they're, oh, you, this is what exactly. you do when you, yeah. when you interact with them. Exactly. You know, and, and my, my fantasy is that, I mean, people will put this to use uh, any way that they want, but it's totally fine with me, for example, is, I mean, the whole Acquisitions Incorporated thing is essentially like a sort of like a, a dark office comedy, right? <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if people secured this volume and then literally put it to work dismantling the company. And I don't have, I mean, this is, Dungeons, okay with that. this is Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I think that you could make a pretty good moral case for why this company should be destroyed. <laughs> um, and so uh, obviously, you know, if you want to take that up, uh, everything that you need to annihilate my beloved uh, home game uh, is all here for you. Nice. That's very generous. I feel like Kate annihilated a little bit last night. <laughs> what was happening there? I couldn't, I, Kate, Kate Welch is such a treasure. I, I, I am, it, when she started as Rosie Beestinger in Acquisitions Incorporated, the C-Team, our weekly stream game that starts at 4 p.m. Uh, PDT, Twitch, all right. Um, but she, we really wanted to invite her in to play because I knew that she would love it. 
and now she works I know. at Wizards of the Coast. Now she's leading projects. I know. And she's then she, evil Kate. And she's then evil she Kate. ran she she ran a game for my PC from ten years ago on stage last night live. I mean it's Yeah. That arc. That arc. And she also she murdered it. Like I I don't I don't know how she could have done it better. I know. She's amazing. It was very funny. It was very funny. Uh, and then you guys, of course, have been setting up all your merch and stuff here for fans that are coming in. Yes, you can. Tot- uh, we're doing a hex chest, div- hex chest giveaway from Elderwood um, each day today and tomorrow by 4 p.m. Oh, cool. So stop by and sign up for it if you're here. Um, and oh, yeah. are there any other delights? Yes. What um, else? At the booth. At the Turkish booth. Turkish delights. Turkish delights. I have like <laughs> I have acting lanyards that I'm giving <laughs> oh, away, no as well oh. as some penny arcade pins. There are lanyards. Consider Ooh, it. Lanyards. Oh, very nice. But if you, and also we have the copy of the book if you just want to like just look, to look at look it, it and just touch it a little bit. And the dungeon master screen. And the DM screen. Yes. So so we put together a DM Whoa. screen. It's like it's based on, uh, like the classic 5e screen. So it covers a lot of the same content of the 5e screen, but it's all a parody of it. So in that middle section where it talks nice. in, in the 5e screen, it sort of breaks down all the different conditions and things like that. Right. We have all different nonsense conditions. There is not, a, and I, I stand by this, there is not a single useful piece of information in this entire DM screen. Not one. And Excellent. it's, four, it's a four-panel screen. That's what we want. We <laughs> yeah. Nonsense end to end. It's just a pretty face, basically. No, yeah. It's just a pretty but, face. No, the pretty face is on the outside. Like, within, it's an ugly face, I mean. With, <laughs> within, just like our cold, dark hearts. <laughs> exactly right. But within, savage jokes. Um, about mechanics. Which it's is, great. Which is also on pre-order on our store right now. Is that so? What? How can they get all these incredible values? You just go to store.penny-arcade.com. Also, there is a coupon code if you sign up on our newsletter. Hey. Excellent. For 10%. Who doesn't like a discount? I'll, I'll subscribe to that. Me newsletter. too. I love discounts. I'm subscribing right now. Everyone loves discounts. Thank you guys so much mind. for stopping by. Thank you for being here. Thank you for performing this, last thank night. Thank you for Thank this. you for getting all the products going. Uh, I'm really excited. Thank you so much Awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to Dragon Talk. I'm Greg. I'm Shelly. And this uh, is Dave. I wish I was Greg or Shelly. I wish that's, I was you. Earlier, was. I was telling you we had a lower third out, and I was you. That's, that is next level my cosplay. Dream. That is did true. You, did you guys enjoy my Shelly cosplay earlier? That was, it worked out. It worked it out. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, B. Dave Walters, you are here, and Woo! you are here, and you are clear to talk about A Darkened Wish. Yes, a little comic book I write with my co-creator and artist, Tess Fowler, IDW Publishing. It's, um, it has been insane. How crazy is this? I feel like this, like, happened pretty quickly. It, honestly, it all did happen, like, super fast. Um, And just from last year to be here at Streaming Many Eyes, you know, and get to experience that, and this year to be here with the book and the shows and the getting to play on the main stage, it's, it's insane. Just to... Be a part of Whirlwind. it. Whirlwind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you always fancied yourself a comic book writer? Yes. I always fancied myself a writer, period. I've t- I think I told you guys this story before. That like The very first thing I ever wrote was a story I submitted to Dragon Magazine, which that. was, again, objectively awful. It's like, you know, <laughs> you still written, have it? written on notebook paper. No, no, no. I'm sure there was like a jelly stain on it. Like, it was probably very clear that a child wrote this when, uh, when, when I, I sent it in. I, I, I tell myself that was when Perkins was editor. I was going to say, it could have yeah. been him. That yeah. Was like, yeah, he rejected him. Yeah, yeah, just throw yeah, it. Yeah, but hey, uh, now I've had content in Dragon, so I made it. I made it. I took the long way around. But, I mean, but, you but got here, here you are. But you here got here. You literally started from the bottom. <laughs> and you're still yeah. pretty close to the bottom. 
here on Dragon Talk. Word is you were up there and now you went back down. No, no, we're in the abyss. We have descended. Yeah, we have descended. We are literally. At the on bottom. the bottom. So we started from the bottom, now we're lower, yeah. <laughs> is the new thing. But there yeah. is AC and hell, which I'm very happy about. True, yeah. true. It's not that bad, you guys. No, because I will start to glisten. Right. I will. It's your beautiful, sparkling personality. So, speaking of which, what's the special, what's special about uh, A Darker Witch? I've read the first issue, yes. which is very good. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, well, I, what, what I wanted to do when we were writing the story was I, I really wanted to get back to some of the, like, iconic adventuring groups, you know, of, 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 of Drizzt, of, you know, Caramon and Raceland, of, of, like, all of those uh, parties that we've grown up with, uh, which, of course, you can't force. You can only, like, try and create characters that people are going to care about and want to journey with. And I wanted it to be a story where we took it very seriously. That it's, it's a, it is a hardcore, intense fantasy epic. Uh, there's definitely some lighthearted moments, but it's like, I keep telling people, especially because it starts so like sweet and lovely, as is my way to lure you in. <laughs> but I'm like, you guys, it's, it's a hardcore story. And they're like, oh, I love them. I hope nothing bad happens to them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's, that's what a hero does, rises to the occasion, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, but more than anything, it's been great to just be able to like add a link in the chain of the Forgotten Realms. And I, I went back and I researched a lot of the older stories, all the way to the very first story, Dark Walk on Moonshay. Uh, they reference a lot of that. I brought characters back from old second edition adventures and like made them old and put them there. Oh, uh, there's my characters God. from this that I made young and put them there. Oh, nice. Um, and, and I think now that this is out in the wild, uh, you'll see some things in the book that you're like, wait a minute, yeah. I know that guy. And I'm like, you do know that guy. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because of what I have put in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hashtag so we, Easter eggs. Yes. Yeah. We, and we talked a lot leading up to this about like how, what, what the stories were going to happen, what we're going to... You know, this is, and this is true. I was, I was so afraid of saying too much and spilling the beans. I know. It's literally hard for me to talk about this like now. Like now, I know. now. Like I'm it's, still getting you're like, I don't want to Like it's anything. actually okay yeah. now. And I'm still like... Can I, can I, I'm like, don't, don't hit me, Greg. I don't know how we kept it under wraps for so long. It was very difficult, but we did it. Yeah. It's, I had multiple conversations with people who had like read all the same things I had, but everybody was being so careful. It's like, you know, that, that one part. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you, you know. know? The part with I don't the, know if you the, know what I know. Wink, wink. Yeah, with the Say person. No more. Right, right, yeah. Okay, right. right. We're going to put that, that thing there. Yeah. Yep. Right, 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 right. Nice. But now you can talk about it for reals, and it's like, here it is. Yeah, that is true. Well, I, I will say that this, this is one thing that is true, is, um, you know, Zeriel features very prominently in the Descent storyline. Uh, Zeriel also features very prominently in mine. I will, nice. I will say that. Ooh. Yes. Very cool. That. I'm in. That's, that's a spoiler right Sold. there. That's mm -hmm. a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, so issue videos. one is out. Yes. When is issue two coming out? Uh, I'm you a release date soon. Yeah, right. That's uh, okay. that's 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 the you know the supplement thing. Like, when's the next book coming out? Right, yeah, soon. It's at it's at the printers. I mean, it's done. It is, exists. It, is it at the printers? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. But it's done. Your right. work is done. But my work was done months ago. <laughs> nice. but, but I mean, I, I've seen a proof. It exists. It's it exists in It'll be in, yeah. in stores very soon, hopefully. Very we'll find soon. Out more yeah, about you that. can get issue one now. Yes, issue so well, one. Might as well start with that now. Believe it or not, and this is true, and I want to say thank you to all of you because you made this happen. Uh, 
every copy that exists of issue one sold out in 72 hours. Oh, 72 hours. Yeah. So I no feel, way. Hope, hopefully they've printed more. Check your local comic shop. There's always Comixology. Ask, keep asking you know, for it. Those yeah. are champagne problems, by the way. Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I can't find it. I'm like, I know. It's because it's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, it sold out in 72 hours. It's a hit, people. It's true. So I'm sorry. When it's, you find out when issue two is coming out, get it. Get it as soon as you can because it's going to sell out. Yeah. It's going to be a four-issue series. Five. 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 Yeah, Whoa. Five. Uh, All right. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's good times, and, and we are. Uh, I was just talking to Tess because she's here. We're doing a signing right after this, right? And, um, uh, talking about where where we are with the story, where we want to go with the story, and it's just been it's been a really great experience. And uh, awesome. again, thank you. I'm very and, and, and thank first of all, thank you for this. Thank you for all of this, and, <laughs> and thank you for being vital in the story and being a part of the process and helping me tie it in with the descent. All that literally wouldn't have happened without you, and I appreciate oh, that. I, I like to make things happen. It's like a bump, and then you're just, just there to spike it down. Spike it down. I told you, I try not to cause problems. I just, I, I try. You're, you're a problem solver. I try. I try. The yeah. day's not over. There's still plenty of time for me to ruin yeah, something. That will happen. Yeah. It'd right. be disappointing. Uh, if not. But we're gonna solve one problem by letting you get out of here and get, get uh, to your meeting signing. some fans. It's you know, again, that's how hard. My life is that yep. it's like I'm sorry I've got to run. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. And then you'll be sorry here uh, in a little while to do this as well. Yes. Some more talking about things. I will be doing more talking about things. And uh, is it? Or, sorry, you're gonna get to see behind the curtain now. When is this gonna go on? Because I want to know. Have they seen the main stage game tonight, or will they see this before the main? This stage? is all live. Oh, this so, is live. So what? This is live. What? We can't fix that in post. <laughs> I just dropped my mic, and that's gonna be in. Oh no! It's in. No, yeah, no. Well, hey, it main makes stage. you feel like a real person. We're doing it live. You're gonna do that tonight. Doing yeah. it live. Yeah, be on with Mercer, Jim Zub, Deborah Ann Wall, Anna Proser, me, uh, Mika Burton tonight. Tonight, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be mm -hmm. off the. Well, no, it's 7 15. 7 15. 7 15. Pacific. Pacific time. Yes. Correct. Pacific time. <laughs> it is very specifically Pacific. <laughs> Pacific. Pacific. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Dave. You are the best. Uh, and you. we'll make all this thank happen. You. All right, so that was all of, not all, many of the most amazing interviews uh, yes. with folks that we spoke to at D&D Live. A lot of news. So much happened. Yes. It is impossible to list it all, but I'm glad that you guys got a window into what it was like yeah. to be in the studio at Los Angeles and talking all about D&D Live 2019, The Descent. There's even a, a you can even watch. That's right. You can go back and, and watch those, those uh we should, we should, we should totally be plugging all those them? areas. <laughs> uh, you call them videos on demand, but perhaps? What do you pronounce? You don't say VOD. Do some people say VOD? do. Some people say VOD. Some people say VOD. Some people say just VOD. We'll go on back demand. and watch the videos. Undemandedly. Undemandedly. It's your demand. The videos will play upon your demand. Those are at so many different platforms. We broadcast everywhere, but you can find them on twitch.tv slash DD, yep. our DD YouTube channel. Uh, I. They will be archived on Facebook Live as well as on Twitter. Um, I don't think there's an archive of those on Steam, uh, but you might be able to check them out on Mixer. So look for all of those. Watch you it. can find information about where to see all of those interviews as well as all of the you know, dozens of hours of content that were produced from D&D Live at dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019. That's it. Oof. I don't want to say that link ever again but I'm going to about 40,000 more times. We're going to do it. Shelly, how can people get in touch with you to find out all about the things that you announced? Oh, my God, Live? I can talk about it. Um, find me on Twitter at Shelly Moo. And, uh, and do you have a product landing page for those things? Uh, um, 
the D&D site. Yeah. Uh, one of them. Dungeonsanddragons.com. You can find that there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I still can't. Yes. Yeah, like I don't. I, that. I don't want to spoil it yet. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Um, I'm at Greg Tito on Twitter, Greg underscore Tito on the Instagram, and you will find out everything you need to know about what we announced at DungeonsandDragons.com. So go check it out if you can. Do it. All right. So um, exciting. We found these actual real rocks in Los Angeles. Yeah, you we check did. this out. Yeah. yeah. It almost looks like a like a brick in the wall yep. or a piece of concrete that is, I'm sure it's from something iconic. It's it's an iconic area. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know what's really cool is when you throw it up in the air. Ah! Oh! <laughs>